Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. I'm Kat. And welcome back to another episode of The Real Hauntings Podcast. Woohoo! Uh, today, we have one of my friends, Georgia, coming on, uh, which, funnily <laughs> enough, she's from Alabama. So uh, she's got a bunch of fun stories for us, uh, maybe a haunted road trip. Um, so can't wait to bring her on. Uh, Georgia, are you there? Hi! love to be on thanks guys so georgia how do you and kat know each other so we go way back from our improv days and we're uh just theater aligned i I believe now have you met her her outstanding beau jj before today or is this your okay so you know jj Yeah, yeah yeah we um reconvened like i reintroduced myself at caitlin's wedding it's our mutual friend i was i if you remember i walked up i was like you're jj (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot i don't super remember from that night but i I know with weddings you were an usher you're meeting a lot of people you were like no you were great jj you were great thank you you were like you, you were, were like amazing. Remember you, Georgia, and have a great time. So you were also was great. great. Um, did an excellent job. Really, everyone <laughs> did did a great job at yeah. all the wedding things. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, funny enough, uh, Georgia and I met through a mutual friend, Caitlin. It was her wedding that we were at, and Caitlin was on our podcast right when we started about um, a ghost at a place here in Atlanta that was like playing, what song was it, were they playing? Do you remember that, uh, Noah? Yeah, it was um, at her, one of, somewhere she had worked, I believe. I think oh, Long, yeah. yeah. And the ghost yeah. played some sort uh, I wish. And there was like a mysterious death that happened there as well. And mm-hmm. just some, some real spooky stuff for sure. Yeah, that was a good episode. I, I definitely listened, listened to that one. So you have listened to some of our episodes, so you should be prepared for this question. So we like to find out where people are on what we call the believe meter Zero meaning ghosts aren't real, and 10 ghosts absolutely are real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Okay, um, I've been preparing for this moment. Um, yeah. Honestly, I would say a nine, just because the caveat to the 10 would be that I truly have never you know, physically experienced, um, you know, a ghost, if you will, as, as we define it. So I would say that, um, I'm a nine though, because I am a person that has kind of realized a lot of things about the universe and how I am in it (laughs) and how I interact with the universe. So I'm going to sound super hippy dippy to say that I think that there is so much energy um, because I have experienced that very, very, you know, really um, in the world. Um, But like in terms of like seeing spirits, I wish I could. 
I wish I freaking could. I know. You know? Um, so I'm a nine because I am actually like, right, I have so many like quantifiable, you know, examples of of real energy that is beyond I, I think that the norm, mm-hmm. if you will. So cool. I feel like I'm totally on the energy train with you. And I don't know if I'm quite a nine yet though, but I, I do kind of wish that I could see spirits and ghosts. I yeah. kind of, I oh, yeah. but I also am so easily spooked. Do you get easily spooked by things? Um, no, I, gosh, I, my, my parents would say I'm pretty desensitized actually because I watch so many horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think that it's just sort of like a, Oh wait, this has probably been brought up, but like it's a spectrum, right? So um, whether you think it's linear, you know, you know, politicians, you know, go left or right, or you know, a spectrum can be more than just that. It's like I think of it as you remember those um, those those like little kid toy like spirograph. Oh yeah, you yeah. do. Um, and it literally just looks like this, just um, you know, x and y axis, just spiral of 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 things. And to me, like that's sort of how I view um, just the energy, the spectrum in which we as humans right. <laughs> can kind of experience things because it's linear or it's, or, or it's, it's, it's all around. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my thing on like the energy train uh, is like, (laughs) like, of course, like energy, like, you know, obviously exists and, you know, it can't be created or destroyed. It, It can only be like recycled into new forms. So like the energy that's like in my body has existed from the very beginning of the universe and it'll it'll exist after I'm here but like whether a part of my consciousness or essence or something is like uh caught in that energy after I pass on I'm I'm much more skeptical about but uh like where do you kind of do you think that that's maybe like what is driving some of these like paranormal experiences possibly I would say that um it, it really depends on me sometimes, like how open I am to having these experiences because I have, I've had a lot of experiences with other um, just living, breathing humans, you know, that is what like extremely empathic and very, very visceral, like very visceral to the point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is weird, <laughs> you know, in person, right? And then when it comes to the, the other world, like the, the undead and, and the, that other piece is that what I've understood and what I've observed is that there are people who can tap into that on the spectrum that is beyond like what I personally actually can tap into. Well, George, I'm curious, and this is kind of piggybacking off of JJ's question, with the belief of energy, and I think Kat shares some of these same um, ideas or beliefs that you're talking about, she's brought up on the podcast, 
does that translate into you also believing that energy pushes into an afterlife? I mean, do you believe that, that there is an afterlife and is that because of these energy experiences that you've had, or is it more religious based or are you kind of indifferent on that? Oh my gosh. Really, really good question. I was brought up as a Christian, um, like Episcopalian. So like Christian, like, like Catholic light, whiskey palian, yeah. basically like we're chill. We're chill. What is fun, fun group. <laughs> like we're <laughs> well, cause you get the alcohol every service. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. My girlfriend <laughs> in college was a Wiscopalian, so very familiar. Exactly. So uh, I would say that I don't I don't think that a lot of my religious beliefs tap into um, my true feelings about energy. Mm. <laughs> my hippy dippy feelings about energy. I, but I do think it's all connected. So the religions of the world and how and the doctrines that have have that have humans in general have have kind of created for themselves like is all surrounding I feel like a very central thing you know so my feeling is like um yeah so I'm I'm not like super religious even though I very much like very much feel like the the energy of a higher power you know like but I think we're all in it together you know what I mean and and it, in a way that we as humans are we've deconstructed it to the point where we we kind of make each other's we we make enemies out of each other sometimes you know but um I do think that there is a centralized kind of thing that we're all we're all part of it's almost like everyone's fighting for the same thing but we're instead fighting each other on it <laughs> would you did you have a lot of like religious pressures or anything from your parents growing up or family totally a great question um yes and no yes in that I I grew up in Alabama small mm -hmm. small town like 5,000 people I didn't have I, I'm very fortunate. My parents um, are both like in their early seventies. You know, they grew, they they taught me to love as much as possible, uh, love everybody. Well, what set you on this path on going on a haunted road trip? Okay. Yes. I mean, you could probably point it to like, perhaps just my love of spooky things, like very early on, like this is a thing that is a part of my life that I've all, like people that love me and know me know that I love spooky season and I'm so super into it. So there's a, probably a bit of a nostalgia attached to all of my love for it. And then my, my dear friend, Catherine, um, she and I um, met in seventh grade and immediately just like knew we were fast friends and knew that we were actually um, spooky buddies. And so cut to like, we've had lots of experiences together, but um, as adults, like she lives in 
West Virginia with her family um, and I live in Atlanta, but like we regularly get together as soon, like as whenever we can, because we connect on the spookiness. <laughs> we connect on this love of just like, you know, that whole thing. So um, when we decided to get together a few years ago and um, have a, like a haunted road trip and it was, it was the best, it was the best thing. Uh, and we, we documented it heavily. <laughs> what were some of the stops y'all uh, made? Okay. So, um, well, we first started, um, so she lives in Huntington, West Virginia, and we just started our road trip with, um, the Mothman, um, prophecy location, which now I, I wish I had taken a note down cause I can't remember the city, but we visited where it was, where it was filmed and where it was proposed to have happened one of my favorite i almost call it like a mythology i love reading about the mothman yeah so I, know, I know nothing about the mothman other than i'd always like walk by it in the blockbuster and would so you never saw the movie no no no. i, oh, I JJ. didn't like scary movies until recently well there's so. a super creepy and georgia can attest to this but there's a there's a scene from the movie and this isn't a spoiler um that's always stuck with me where the protagonist answers the phone and it's i guess like the mothman on the other side and the voice is just like <laughs> and that has always freaked me the fuck out okay wait have you ever thought about that while we're like listening to that weird audio feedback we sometimes get in our recordings. Yeah. I mean, except like the Mothman one, it, it sounded purposefully to intimidate somebody. Like it, it sounded like a thousand demons trying to communicate at the same time on the phone. Our little ghost lady is just kind of like, wow, or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Wait, I need to test a theory really quick because every time someone said every time we talk about this ghost in our apartment, yeah. And Georgia, if you don't know, we had a guest on who at the end of the episode told us that there was a ghost standing behind us and it's a woman what? and she's older and she just lives with us and she wears okay. a robe and like smokes cigarettes. We've never seen okay. her. She's real chill though. We, yeah, real we used chill. to, to spook me out, but she's never made course. herself present to us. So we assume she's just super chill. Um, but anytime we talk and like we've had multiple episodes where someone will comment on our Instagram or somewhere in a review and say, Hey, at this minute and this many seconds, there's like a weird noise and we have compiled them. And it's almost anytime we're talking about that or just randomly, we'll, we'll get these little whispers or audio feedback. We're not sure, but we were talking about her last episode and someone commented that. And did you listen to it? Noah? I haven't had a chance yet. Did you? Yeah, I mean it's it's there. Both wow. two times it happens. So my so right now that I'm talking about it, I'm wondering if it'll happen again. She won't. She won't. She yeah, won't. ghost lady, you won't. I wish y'all's like whiteboard behind you would just like fly off. The, I know. <laughs> she just starts know, like, right? something on. Yeah. Oh my god, JJ. Yeah, if if like ink just started to appear across the. I would 
flip out. But do it. You won't. <laughs> You're she braver could, like, than me. Off of my to-do list. That would be nice. Okay, we got real off topic of the Mothman. But so I'm I'm still like, what is the Mothman? Is this based off of a, a real thing that happened in West Virginia? What like what what did you learn? from your Mothman experience? Oh, we didn't really learn anything. It was a photo op, darling. I'm, oh, I, I can't okay. tell you. Like, it was, like, it. we are very intrigued by the story, but, like, we were on a mission. We were on a yeah. road trip. Like, we got to the place, like, we took photos, and I'll happy, be happy to share with you guys all of these things, if you want. Um, but no, we took photos of, like, where things were filmed, and then there's an actual statue of the Mothman in this town. Like, and we, of course, posed with it. Um, so we didn't really, that that part was not like part of the, the, the spookiness. Gotcha. Basically in that place in Point Pleasant, I guess two different couples told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10 foot wings following their car while they were driving in an area outside of town known as the TNT area, which is the site of a former World War II munitions plant. And, yeah. and I think they later determined or the, the thought process is from the skeptics that it was a, some kind of bird that had made its way down there that was like really, really big um, that That's mimics right. the kind of visual of that at night um is, if i recall correctly yeah no i think that the mothman is a very it's a it's it's a very widely debated yeah you know but that movie of, is like will mess <laughs> up a teenager cool, right. yeah the sounds like a really fun urban legend like yeah. i'm sure oh, yeah like people who are from there probably i bet they sell t-shirts and the only time i've heard of it i <laughs> I don't know if it's the same thing, but I watched The Magicians. Have you guys seen that show? Oh, I thought you were going to say Jeff Goldblum as the fly, because that's all that I always picture Mothman as is Jeff Goldblum. And they, have like, they have like one guy who just like his face is just moths, just like circling Ew. everywhere. Anyways, okay. So next stop on the road trip. The next stop on the road trip was really kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this conversation, oh. which was... Um, and get ready for the title, like just prepare yourselves because it's not really cool. It's the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Okay. That's, that, that's a pretty cool title. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> lunatic is definitely a retro way to yeah. refer to people who may have mental disabilities. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I understand now why you're saying it, what it's not cool. You're right. That's not cool, but it is kind of cool. It sounds very yeah. ominous and scary, and uh, yeah, yeah. Not that not that we endorse the word lunatic. Right. No. <laughs> let's 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 just like call this thing out right now. Like there were many many people who were, um, I, and I researched this. There were some really really great people who were working during the time of its heyday to really make sure that mental health was um, addressed properly. But like, right. we all know what America was, yeah. you know, between, um, you know, the time in which this place was built into, 
you know, the 90s when it was closed. So when it was built, this was this place was built in right before the Civil War happened. This is still in West Virginia. This place was built. It was constructed like between 1958 and 18, or excuse me, 1858 and 1881. Sorry, I'm just smiling because I hear your kitty kitty. So, so Trans-Allegheny was constructed like in between 1858 and 1881. And in fact, it's the largest hand-cut stone masonry building in North America and the second largest in the world next to the Kremlin. Did you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I don't know what the Kremlin is. The Russian president lives, I guess, right? Yep, exactly that. Exactly awesome. that. Thanks, guys. Both and two places. It it's just, like. it, it is, I have photos. It is, the architect. The architecture is unbelievable. Like, it is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so like, it was very much a huge deal. And the Civil War was happening as well, like, in intermixed, you know, like the Civil War was like 1861 to 1865. Um, and it was really being like developed at that time. And here's the deal, like it kind of like transformed into like from like this originally, um, it was meant for 250 souls is what they said. And which is always such an interesting thing to say, like, because whenever an airplane crashes, they're like, we lost 125 souls. Yes. Yes. No, I think about this all the time too. Like my brother is an, is an airline pilot and he's always responsible for souls. What? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. When do we talk about that? He's basically <laughs> like a mechanical angel, you know? He's just... Yeah, but, but like, whenever do we also... When do we really talk about that? Yeah, it's not like we say that for hospital staff or anything. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's so crazy. So anyway, uh, it was originally built for 250 souls. But then by the 1950s, this is where it gets kind of like bummer news. There were 2,400 souls there. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. And did they like expand or did they just cram everyone in there? That's a great question. Um, I know that they were ever expanding in terms of like, I mean, you know, their construction went from like of the main building went you know, for a few years in the 1800s, but they definitely expanded. It, it definitely didn't keep up with, right. you know, the, the amount of folks that were in there. Right. Um, so which speaks to kind of our experience. That's probably what we want to get to. <laughs> so intrigued and also already scared. So we booked a night to spend the night at Trans-Allegheny. And we had the choice of either being in just the, the main quarters, like the, the, the big house, if you will, um, or um, spending the night in a few different places. And we, we opted for, this, for the latter, which was, first of all, the medical ward 
which of course like intrigued my my dear friend Catherine, who's a physician. Did you get and free then, electrotherapy while you were there? Or? Right, uh, a free le- electrotherapy and lobotomy as mm. a special. Oh, um, <laughs> don't lose your head while you're there. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Did, wow, they, no. did they have any of like that like creepy old timey medical equipment in there? Um, so they did not. I'm actually really thankful that they didn't like prop it up like that. That would be too much. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very much, it was actually really, really cool. Like they left it as it was. So we first explored the medical unit, um, which was just really, really interesting to see how kind of historically um, people were like, folks were treated for medical reasons in a mental health institution at that time. That was crazy. So not a lot of spookiness, more a lot of like, whoa, (laughs) you know, like we were, we were like, we had our headlamps, you know, and we were, cause it was fully dark. You know, they don't, they don't light up anything. You go like, I, I probably forgot to mention this, but like you go in and you're you're told where you were allowed to go, um, and and then you just go on your own, free range, um, and nothing is lit up. Nothing. I mean, it's absolutely left um, as it as it is. It sounds so, like a real serious uh, like safety violation. Oh, probably yes. <laughs> Um, cause, oh, <laughs> believe me, Catherine, my friend, Catherine and I were like, will they provide cots or something? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> we're like, what are they going to, like, how do we do this? Like, I'm confused no. by it in general. They were just some, like, who, who decided that they're going to start letting people like rent and sleep there for a night or two? Yeah, I think that happened, well, it was after the 90s when it closed. Um, And, you know, there's just a lot of like loss of revenue in the the city. Um, And it just turned into a tourist attraction. So, but a more like, in a half and half, it's a historic attraction. And it's also like a spooky attraction. It's it's both, really. Real win-win. Yeah, totally win-win. I I loved it. Was your energy meter kind of like going bonkers while you were in there? Okay, so this is where it really comes down to it. So we we did have our little EMF recorder. Mm -hmm. um, We had that going and our headlamps on and our like, um, what do you call it? Um, You know, our little GoPros, everything. We went through the medical unit, cool, 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 interesting, creepy, nothing. Um, then we went to the um, the location for the criminally insane. We're mm. like, that's gonna be bangers. Like, we're gonna see, we're gonna get everything that we want. We're gonna get all the spirits, you know? But it wasn't the case. It was actually um, a lot of folks that were just like, trying to do stuff you know just like trying to like call corners and stuff hmm. but it, it 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 was just it wasn't it wasn't real 
here's where it got real. We went to the third portion, which on paper, we weren't really like jazzed or excited about, but we went to the geriatric ward, hmm. which is the third location. And as soon as we walked in, that's when everything changed. As in, I walked in and I thought to myself, deep breaths, Georgia, deep breaths, because this is, this feels really heavy and um, you need to like really be open, you know? Mm -hmm. um, because it was, as we were walking through, and, and, and I say the geriatric ward, this was where people who were um, mentally ill that were of older age that could not, you know, obviously, this was the version of, you know, healthcare for the aged um, that were not well mentally. So as soon as I walked in, I, I had this very heavy feeling and I saw on the walls immediately like paintings of um, things like Dumbo. Anyway, so walked into this area and was immediately just like, I mean, truly, I was just, I, I, I could not, I could not ignore the feeling that I had. And then I saw all these weird, weird, weird paintings of Dumbo and Mickey and really infantile type, um, you know, representation, like really just like cartoony things on the walls. And it got a, it was a creepy vibe. It was a creepy vibe all around, but I was just like, you know, Catherine and I, my friend were like, let's just, let's just walk all the way through and let's just sit, let's just sit down because there's a vibe here and we've got to, we've just, we owe it to ourselves. We, we brought our EMF recorder, our like freaking thermometer. Like we're trying to be all scientific, you know, we're trying to be so just like, evidence-based you know but we're like no let's just but let's just sit down in this room and so we went up to like the third floor and it's this large room and then there's this one big divider line like how you see in prison sometimes mm -hmm. and we sat on these little fold-out chairs that were there and we sat there and we turned on our equipment I mean, like, you know, rather brought it out. It was always on. And we're just like, okay, we'll just, we're going to be quiet because there's, we don't know what else to do, you know? So we had our EMF recorder situation and we had our, you know, um, infrared thermometer situation and we're sitting next to each other. We're just being quiet. And I'm just like, okay. I'm like, cl clear your mind, Georgia, clear your mind. Think about somebody here, you know? And then all of a sudden, our thermometer gauge goes, like it's reading at like 68. It's like October, right? You know, in West Virginia, 68 degrees. 
and it goes just um, just like I swear to you I can't uh, it just happened so fast and so <sighs> crazily it went from like 68 67 66 65 64 63 62 61 60 59 58 50 you know all the way down to 55 and we're like what what you know and I'm looking around and I'm just like I literally start just like taking photos like oh maybe there's something going on because there's no draft there's zero draft like there's nothing that could in my rational mind could be like oh I've you know that makes sense I was just like what in the world and I had this feeling of of like I, I say dread it's not quite that it's it was a feeling of just other, of just heavy, heavy, heaviness. It's like when my ex used to come home from work, same feeling, just dread. <laughs> no, uh, and the thermostat would drop like 10 degrees. It's very strange. <laughs> very, very strange. I would also be sitting in the middle of the room in a fold-out chair, too. <laughs> I mean, Georgia, if you hadn't been looking at the thermostat, would you have felt the temperature change or or was this That's a great question. only read on the thermostat? This is a great question uh, and one I've asked myself. So honestly, I don't think I would have felt the, the, te- the change. It didn't I seem like that drastic to you. No, it did not feel that drastic. Although I was feeling a lot of feels Right. Oh, yeah. But not temperature-wise. But now like the, the EMF, that's that's not something that you hear sounds, right? That just shows you like a magnetic energy thing, or that's like so the EMF is like electromagnetic magnetic fields. So that was not what was dropping. It was the literal temperature thermometer gauge mm-hmm. that we had. That was the most um, validation I've ever gotten from a feeling. Is if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you felt a shift in the energy and then the temperature gauge kind of confirmed that something was afoot. Is that kind of hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's very uh, cinematic. I mean, if, if, you know, if I was watching a movie and somebody was somewhere they thought was haunted and any kind of gauge that slowly changes like that, I can also just imagine you starting to see like, uh, smoke coming out of your mouth from the, the temperature change. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Were there yeah. any other Ghostbusters there other than y'all that experienced the same thing? Or was it just you guys? There were other folks there, um, but we were few and far between because luckily I was so glad that it wasn't just a horde of people. So that right. would have been weird, right? Um, I, so no. Um, we I don't think we know what weird is anymore after doing this podcast. That's a, really, that's a broad brush. <laughs> broad brush indeed. Okay. Well, we were glad to not encounter others, honestly. We wanted to, it to be just us, and that was the case. So you had that feeling, and then you kind of saw a change on the temperature. Have you had that same feeling in other places since you were at the um, asylum? Oh, yeah, all the time. So now that you've kind of seen kind of a cause and an action, or you know, however you want to put it, but 
you've kind of tested that feeling, I guess. Are you more apprehensive when you start feeling like that? Or are you like, oh my gosh, there may be a ghost around me? Or are you just kind of go, oh, okay. And then just going about your business? No, I, I actually follow someone on, on TikTok, Kat. You'll, you might follow them as well. Who <laughs> did one, did a thing earlier this week that really spoke to me so hard. It was just like, when something happens, you just want to be silly with the ghost to be like, yes, sis, what's happening? Oh my gosh. I was just, oh my gosh. That was so funny that you just opened that door. <laughs> right. So I, I don't think it takes the fun out of it for the ghost, I guess. Like if they're trying to like freak you out. Yeah, I don't think I'm too much of a pessimist to do that. I would just assume it's something that's here to do harm. I, I don't think I could just be like playful with cabinets Fair. opening or things I like that. I get that because I love the spooky and the macabre of yeah. it all. Right. But in general, I think that me as a person, but I'm I'm on the light side. <laughs> well, Georgia, we're coming up on our hour. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our audience before we get out of here? Just have a really wonderful spooky season and love to all. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. I don't know. I think the the evidence-based stuff is super cool. I have not experienced anything where I've had a secondary source to confirm what I've experienced other than other humans being in the room, I guess. But we're still waiting for JJ to get some uh, scientific-based ghost experiments going on so he can be a believer. Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> well, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.